Hey guys, welcome back to the Gwinnett Podcast. I'm Nate McGill, one of the hosts. Today on the show, we have Jason West from Community Services at Gwinnett County Government, who's come on the show to tell us all about the educational initiatives and partnerships that is going on at the county. Some great, amazing stuff from field trip enrichment to uh, teacher advisory groups to summer camps to all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, Jason is passionate about history. Uh, he has a background as an educator himself. He's, he's worked in the private sector and, and now with Gwinnett County government in the uh, community services area. He, he describes his job as the best job in the world. And he's just one of those passionate people that truly fit the position that he is in. And we are truly lucky to have him uh, here in Gwinnett. So I'm excited to share this conversation with you. And with that, we'll just jump right in. All right, well, let's hop right in. Um, Jason, let's get to know you just a little bit. Um, You are uh, in community services, Gwinnett County, but uh, you've been in Gwinnett County for quite a while, right? I have been. I am a native South Carolinian, uh, born and raised there, uh, but came to Gwinnett in 2003. Okay. I had the good fortune of marrying a native Gwinnettian. We met in college, and uh, after the first few years of our marriage in South Carolina, she wanted to come home. And uh, it was uh, the right thing for our family because we raised our children here. This uh, is, it was, and continues to be a great place to raise a family. And uh, that's what we did. So uh, I've been here since 2003, worked for Gwinnett County uh, for about 13 years. Okay. And uh, I, I tell people all the time, this is the greatest county in the history of the world. Okay. And uh, we're glad to be here. That's awesome. I hear you're something of a history buff as well. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm were, were you into history before you married into the uh, uh, Gwinnett native family? <laughs> yeah, I was. <laughs> I, uh, I'm a former history teacher. Oh, okay. Uh, so uh, majored in history in college, and uh, so yeah, I've always uh, had a love of history, okay. appreciation of history. Uh, I believe very firmly that in order to know where you're going, you first have to know where you've been. That's true. And uh, so, uh, so yeah, that's uh, I, 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 I do love. Uh, American history in particular, especially colonial America, it just fascinates me. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. That's That's great. Uh, maybe uh, we'll, we'll just, I want to come back to that because I want to talk through some of that history. Uh, the role that you're in today, how did you find yourself in that role? Well, uh, Maybe explain it for folks who maybe don't know. Absolutely. Well, as I mentioned, by training and profession, I've always been an educator. Uh, Now, I've seen education from many, many different perspectives. Uh, Of course, I was a student. I was elected as a school board member at the age of 19, so I've had experience from a policy perspective. I was a teacher, school administrator. I've worked with education as a business partner. I was married to a school teacher, had two (laughs) kids that have gone through the school system. And in this job that I'm currently in, uh, I uh, have the good fortune of overseeing various educational initiatives that are being undertaken by the Gwinnett Board of Commissioners. And in my current role, uh, I oversee a group that works on out-of-school time enrichment in several different areas, including after-school, early learning, Mm. and basically field trip and summer camp enrichment. Those kinds of uh, educational enrichment experiences that take a kid beyond the four walls of a classroom. Okay, that's great. And, uh, And we have a great time. We have a great staff 
They make an impact on the people of Gwinnett and the things that they do. And we're lucky to live in a place that has so many opportunities for places uh, for children to go to field trips, places like the Gwinnett Environmental and Heritage Center sure. or historic sites like the Yellow River Post Office or Freeman's Mill. I mean, we are blessed beyond measure in this county to have all of the resources that we have. So the program itself, like uh, if I'm an educator, if I'm a teacher and I'm teaching a you know, particular subject or whatnot, I actually contact the county and you guys have options for field trips for after-school programs, all those different kind of things. Exactly. In the after-school program, we work very closely with the local schools, uh, school systems. Uh, in our after-school program, we have nine sites in Gwinnett County Public Schools, nine elementary sites that we uh, provide programming in okay. for after-school. Uh, those select those sites. A lot of them were selected in consultation with the school system. Some of them, schools came to us and said, "Hey, we'd like to do an after-school program," and so we offer that at nine locations. Uh, for our field trip programming, yes, we offer a host of educational opportunities. We work very closely, specifically with the Science and Social Studies Office, uh, hmm. Gwinnett County Public Schools, uh, and uh, develop programs that connect to the standards that the teachers are teaching in the various grades. So I'll give you a great example. Wonderful. In the fifth grade, they have a standard where they talk about harmful and beneficial microbes. Well, mm -hmm. there's actually a field trip experience where a kid can go to the Environmental and Heritage Center and participate in a harmful and beneficial microbes program. So for two hours, we're really taking an in-depth look into that uh, particular unit of study. The kids are going into the lab, they're looking at microscopes, and they're getting a hands-on immersive experience in that particular topic. Yeah, that meets the standard. It meets yeah. the standard, that's right. So we work with teachers who basically serve as advisors mm -hmm. in an advisory group, and they go through our programs, and they say, yeah, we like that, change this, update this. Mm -hmm. and then They change the standard again, move right. it. Right, <laughs> so we, exactly. So we right. constantly are evaluating and reevaluating yeah. and looking at what we offer and having other people look at what we offer so that we can make sure that what it is meets the need of the teacher, right. which in turn meets the need of the student. Yeah. But we do that kind of thing all the time. And that's a science example. There's a great fourth grade. In the fourth grade, they talk about uh, uh, the American Revolution, and they also talk about simple machines. So we developed a field trip that connects both the science and the social studies of that particular uh, unit of study. So they'll look at simple machines used in colonial America. Wow. Uh, and then they will also look at the reasons why the colonies decided to uh, break away uh, from uh, Great Britain, and they engage in a, a very uh, uh, loud and uh, exciting debate. Mm -hmm. So it takes those experiences in a classroom and really brings them to life for a kid. Man, that's and, awesome. And Nathan, what, what I would tell you is that as a teacher, you can tell somebody, you can tell a student all day long this, 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 cover this particular topic, but when you immerse them into the experience, mm. when they're looking under the microscope, when they're debating, when they're really uh, understanding how a simple machine works or building a simp uh, simple machine, using uh, building uh, techniques, simple machines to build things, that's when it connects. And yeah. that's why we're very fortunate in Gwinnett that we have these types of opportunities for kids because it makes for better students because it's more enhanced learning. Yeah, no, that's amazing. That's, I guess that's why they call it an enrichment program because you're connecting the curriculum to... How that happens and how you set that up, it fascinates me. Because you know you have certain resources and certain locations and certain um, things you could use like the Environmental Heritage Center, like uh, any of the historic areas that we have, 
Um, but then you can connect it to a standard that the, it's really happening in the classroom and take the student out of those four walls, bring them into an environment that, you know, like you said, they, they, they're immersed in it. And then they, that all of a sudden what they're learning, that standard becomes a real thing that they can see in real life. And I mean, every student kind of has that question is why does this apply to me? Why do I care? Why do I care? Right. And when you take them out, they, they do that, man, field trips have changed. Well, they have. When it's, I was a kid, like we were just trying to figure out how to keep our Coca-Cola like cold. We'd wrap it in aluminum foil. And, you know, you remember when you have to do that? I do. I do. I remember lots of things like that. But they have changed. And, you know, the curriculum is so rigorous today. And they're so uh, students are held and teachers and schools are held to such high expectations. Sure. That it is extremely important that when you take a kid out of the classroom, that mm-hmm. it is a valuable reason to do so. Right. So that's why we work very closely with the school system to make sure that the things that we're offering are actually enrichment experiences and they are worth the time and effort to go outside of the classroom. Is there like a, a, a bullet list of some of your favorites uh, of experiences for field trips? Well, I love the uh, I love the fourth grade uh, American Revolution program. Uh, like you uh, said, you love colonial. I history. love colonial history, <laughs> and uh, in that particular program, we actually uh, uh, the educators actually dress up in period costume, and, oh, wow, uh, because cool. it, it adds to the experience. Sure it does. So uh, so that is a lot of fun, and I've had the opportunity to basically help. Uh, facilitate the debate. And I love to watch these fourth graders really get into arguing why uh, it's wrong to uh, have taxation with no representation or Mm -hmm. uh, what the quartering act was all about and how it was not the right thing to do uh, to watch those kids come to life like that. It just, it really is exciting for me, but there's so many, I mean, uh, uh, there's so many programs uh, that we do. I think at my last count, there were 60 some odd uh, K through 12 educational programs that were available to teachers and students in Gwinnett County at our various sites. So wow. it, it would be it would be hard to name them all, but there's there's a great one on World War One uh, that uh, looks at uh, World War One's impact on Georgia and Gwinnett. But what is really cool, uh, you know, in history when we teach history, we always try to make sure that we're using primary sources, primary documents to help tell the story. Uh, we have uh, letters that were written by a Gwinnett citizen. Uh, who actually left, uh, went to Europe, uh, fought in World War One, and the, the descriptions of the things that he sees, uh, they're phenomenal. So, so we use that in the program. Wow. Uh, and uh, it's fascinating to me to make that connection. Here mm-hmm. you've got this uh, gentleman from Gwinnett County, uh, born and raised here, leaves home for the first time, and his experiences, it really brings it home. Yeah, so I love that. Because, I mean, you're getting into, it's not just history and it's not just facts, but it's really like emotional archaeology. I mean, you're getting yeah. into the feelings of how this guy felt about this historic event, someone who's local to the area, and that's very unique. I mean, that, that is local history, so Sometimes you don't think about World War One being local history, exactly. but it is local history. It is local history, and that was a, a significant change uh, at, at the time. It was, a, it was a period of time when a lot of people would not have uh, ventured very far beyond where they were born. Mm-hmm. And here you had a large number of Guanetians that left the county, left the country, and they came back and they brought their experiences with them. And awesome. it changes yeah. the world. It changes it their perspective. And uh, so, yeah, that's another really, really neat program. We also talk about 
because I'm telling you, we always are combining science and social studies. So we talk about some of the uh, scientific discoveries or inventions that came out of that particular time that would become crucial to uh, uh, modern 20th century America. Yeah. So uh, just how really, it might really have cool impacted stuff. even the, the local economies. In exactly. The, in the past. That's exactly. fascinating. So cotton so, gin, cotton markets, railroads coming in, every how our squares are formed around the railroads. Right, right. Yeah, that's, that's There's fascinating. There's always stuff. a connection. Yeah, There's yeah. always a connection to local history. Wow, that's great. In fact, we just did uh, this past. Uh, the earlier this summer, in the month of June, uh, we partnered with Gwinnett County Public Schools uh, and the Gwinnett Historical Society, and we offered uh, what we call a local history teacher immersion program. So we yeah, took. Uh, I saw that. Uh, yeah. You know, a, a, as a thing, and I was going to ask you about that because we have so many new people to Gwinnett. Like it wasn't like you know back in the day. Right. You grew, maybe you grew up here. There wasn't a whole lot of people coming back when I was in school in the eighties. You know. Yeah. So, but now everybody's kind of moving in, and they kind of need a program that kind of helps educate the educators. Is that what this does? It does. It does several things. You've got a lot of new teachers in the system. Mm. You've got a lot of new people to the county, and what a lot of people don't realize is, uh, Gwinnett is a young county. Uh, but it does have a very rich and varied history. And so what we sure. attempted to do in that collaborative partnership is to basically highlight uh, various local historical sites, connect those sites and the things that uh, happen to those sites to various standards that are in the state local curriculum, mm. and, uh, and basically tie in that local story. And so we had our inaugural group of teachers, and we spent the week together. And uh, I think, if by my count, there were over 20 different collaborative partners that came in and provided wow. assistance that gave us insight. Super cool. uh, we went to multiple places. We, we uh, visited the city of Buford. We visited Duluth. Uh, we went to the Yellow River Post Office. We went to uh, Old Salem Missionary Baptist Church, uh, which was one of the, uh, old, one of the oldest uh, churches in the county established uh, by a group of enslaved people. Uh, so we saw uh, their heritage hall, and uh, we just saw so many things, and uh, it really brought home that local history mm -hmm. uh, has a significance beyond just the locality. Sure. And uh, so we were excited to do that. Seems like a good jumping off point as we're talking about the field trips and we're talking about these experiences and this uh, program to also jump into the... Um, the educational exhibits that you guys have going on. Uh, there's a lot of different programs, new new stuff that you're that you're doing. Yes, we're very excited. You know, the Environmental and Heritage Center has always been a place uh, since it opened in 2006 uh, with interactive exhibits and uh, really highlighting uh, uh, both the environmental components of Gwinnett and uh, several other things. But this. Uh, Recently, uh, the county has been undertaking some new exhibits that are uh, SPLOS funded and will be opening uh, in 2024. Uh, one of those is called the Sensory Treehouse, and uh, that is a, an elevated uh, walking platform that actually kind of starts out on the ground level, but will get uh, people kind of up into the canopy overlooking the Environmental and Heritage Center building. Uh, fascinating. Overlooking? Uh, so you can kind of see how the roof, because for yes. folks who don't know, Environmental Heritage Center has got a very unique roof. It does uh, have a unique yeah. roof. Uh, <laughs> the Environmental Heritage Center was the first LEED certified building in the county, so it has a, a vegetated right. roof. Yeah. 
and uh, lots of other environmental features. But yes, it will help overlook that and kind of get people up into the canopy. It's designed for all people to get up into the canopy. So even somebody who might have mobility impairments will be able to uh, enjoy that. To wow. enjoy that. Yeah. Uh, there'll be various uh, sensory elements along uh, the uh, platform that would give uh, uh, all people, but again, those uh, who might have some sensory issues, the opportunity to have some exhibit experiences outside. And uh, there'll be educational platforms. Uh, you'll, you'll look at things like pertaining to pollination. You'll look at um, habitat for animals. You'll look at uh, adaptations. Uh, and it will culminate uh, at the very end of the trail uh, with a, uh, a theater that is built to look like an old American chestnut tree the trunk of an old American chestnut tree. And uh, the American chestnut tree was wiped out uh, by a blight. Uh, It's slowly, some people are trying to make a comeback, but they were abundant and it just filled the whole area, uh, the whole Eastern uh, United States. But uh, this uh, theater, it will be a sensory theater experience and uh, will be available to the public and also available to school groups. And we're so excited about the opportunities to really highlight uh, uh, the the natural element of Gwinnett. That sounds super fun. It just seems like a great trip for anyone. Oh, it will be. That's going to be a, a good time. I can't wait to take my kids. Do you guys know when about it's going to open or how long it might take? Well, we expect at the moment, uh, they've been working on the actual uh, uh, elevated platform portion. Uh, that will be completed uh, around October, I believe. And then the exhibit parts will come later. So we expect it to be completely available and open to the public sometime about this time in 2024, sometime around the summer of 2024. All right. uh, and at least that's our hope. And of course, those are all contingent on things like weather and, and right. uh, all of that. Uh, it always takes longer than you think it will. You know, <laughs> it, it will. just always it does. So you guys have a, a Blue Planet revision. You guys have the Hooper Renwick um, uh, school um uh, exhibits, right? So maybe t- talk a little bit about those. Absolutely. We we also the Blue Planet movie is a uh, an experience that has been at the Environmental and Heritage Center since it opened in sure. two thousand and six, and so it's approaching that twentieth anniversary, uh, and it was time to update it. So uh, we've got a lot of new things that are happening in Gwinnett, new technologies, the new facility like the water tower that was not mentioned in the original movie. And so we're undergoing a revision of that script and movie today. Okay. Uh, you can go to the Environmental and Heritage Center today and see the old film, but we hope by February. It's of your last chance, guys. That's last right. screening's happening now. <laughs> Get there uh, because it will soon be a part of history. There, so you guys are going to revise that, update it with with the history that's happened since 2006, I guess. Right. Update so. the the imagery, and then of course, like I said, the the new things that we're doing at the Hill Plant, mm-hmm. the new technology, uh, the innovation with Water Tower, all of that will be added into the film. Yeah, that's great. And we expect it to open in February of 24. And then also at the EHC, uh, they're they're in the process of another exhibit called Pathways Through the Piedmont. Uh, It's another SPLOST-funded exhibit. It will be a permanent exhibit at the facility that will highlight the region of Georgia that we call home, the Piedmont. Which is important. Exactly. You know, as we had uh, my girls, we took them, uh, we had to do a project on the five regions of oh, Georgia. Yeah, yeah. So we ended up doing this uh, YouTube video with my kids where we took them to different places in Gwinnett that looked like 
the uh, five regions. Okay. So we went over to Tribble Mill Park, and they happened to have some pretty stale water at, in one of their uh, reservoirs with a lot of lily pads. So we got down there and acted like we were in the Okefenokee. <laughs> and then, you know, uh, we, we ran around. We ended up in a lot of Gwinnett Parks, actually, for that for that little fun piece. But it would be nice to have a um, <laughs> what, uh, an example meant to be. So, hey, this is what the Piedmont is. Right. Let's come and learn about that. And I know that's a big point of elementary curriculum there. So Right. And again, we've worked in consultation with our teacher friends uh, to, to make sure that we're hitting on the points that they would like to, to make sure that that's we're great. touching on. So good. But yeah, so a student will be able to experience the Piedmont, understand the animals that call it home, the plants that call it home. And it's going to be a great immersive interactive exhibit. So we expect for that one to uh, come along in sometime in 2024 as well. Uh, and then, as you mentioned, the Hooper Renwick, uh, that is a, an exciting exhibit that's not just not just the Department of Community Services in Gwinnett County. That is a partnership uh, that exists between the county, the city of Lawrenceville, the Hooper Renwick Preservation Co- uh, Committee, and the Gwinnett County Public Library. And so there is an old school in Lawrenceville, the Hooper Renwick School, mm-hmm. uh, that was the uh, segregated uh, high school for African-American students in the Gwinnett County Public School System. Uh, and basically, that building is being turned into a library, but also a museum that will uh, commemorate that particular school. Uh, there's a very active alumni group uh, that has um, been working to pr- uh, preserve the facility and tell the story. And so our team has been working uh, to help develop some of the exhibits that will highlight that and talk about that uh, era of history in Gwinnett uh, and uh, highlight uh, the school. Uh, So we'll look at integration and segregation in the school system, um, and it will be uh, coming along. I don't have a date on that one. Uh, The construction has started on the building, but we're, we're a ways out. Sure. But I have seen some of the exhibit components, and it tells a remarkable story. And, you know, as a, histor- as a history teacher, yeah. uh, you know, history a lot of times is glossed over and looks very pretty and, and everything is wonderful. But as you and I know, that's not always the case, that, yeah. you know, history is a story, and the story uh, has highs and lows. There's good and bad. Uh, depends on who's writing the story. It depends on who's writing the story. That's <laughs> right. exactly right. Yes. So it's important that we highlight uh, all of our history and we tell the story of all of our people. From their point of from view. From their point yeah. of view and their yeah. perspective. Uh, it's, it's, it's very significant, very important, and it's important work. And Gwinnett, again, uh, is doing some uh, very exciting things uh, that you don't see in a lot of other places. And so this will be a, a, a great asset to the county. So I want to circle back to the after-school program a little bit and talk about what happens there in those programs. Absolutely. Well, after-school is, uh, is a very uh, unique program and an important program. There are a lot of parents when school ends at 3, 3 o'clock approximately, uh, children, uh, often are at home alone uh, before mom and dad, caregiver, comes home from work. That's a couple of hours, two or three hours. Yes, uh, indeed. So, you know, there is a need in our county uh, that there is a place for kids that they can go, that they can be supported by a caring adult, that they can be given a snack, that they have the opportunity for enrichment, that somebody's sitting with them, making sure they're getting their homework, things of that nature. And so we started an after-school program uh, several years ago, and uh, I think we were at three schools, and we have since expanded to nine. 
And, uh, and so we provide that service. Uh, we were very fortunate uh, several years ago, we obtained what was called a boost grant, which came from uh, the Georgia Recreation and Park Association in partnership with the Georgia After School uh, Alliance. And that program allowed us to expand to certain sites I see. Uh, in the county. We consulted with the school system, and we're actually uh, located uh, in several schools that are 70% or more free and reduced lunch, where there are, that's typically an indication of very high rates of poverty in the area. And so at those specific sites, we're able to offer the service at no charge. So... Uh, uh, that, That's of course, great. is grant-funded. The grant uh, pays for staffing, supplies, and materials, and things of that nature. But it gives us the opportunity to go into communities where a family might not have the resources to provide after-school support, where we can do it. Yeah. And, uh, and so we actually do those programs in the school. The child doesn't leave the school. They're actually, you know, they leave their classroom. They go down the hall to the after-school room. They're with staff. We do a snack. We do recreation. And then we do homework. And then we do a lot of STEM enrichment, a lot of science and social studies enrichment, because that's what we do. That's what yeah. our team kind of really specializes in. Uh, a lot of focus on literacy. And, uh, and then mom and dad come, uh, you know, around 5.30, 6 o'clock, 6.30 in the afternoon. Such a benefit. pick them up. Right. That's a right. huge benefit to families because, you know, mom and dad, a lot of situations they can't, they can't control when they get home. And, um, and schools get out pretty early, especially in high schools. And, uh, school, school does. And a lot of times from a family perspective, you know, you know this, mm-hmm. uh, you get home and there's so many other things to do. The last thing you want to do is to have to really focus on homework uh, because yeah. it's time to eat. It's time to get ready to go to bed and then start the day over again. Mm-hmm. So we hope that we're some benefit there to, uh, to kind of get that kind of stuff done Man, and assist awesome. them. And awesome. a lot of it has to do, you know, the boost funding came as a result of COVID. COVID. Uh, and of course, there was a huge uh, learning loss associated with COVID. And so some of that funding is, is set to offset those, mm-hmm. those, those uh, negatives that were uh, impacted as a result of COVID. And so we're, we're trying to do that. And, uh, and it's great. And yeah, we're really, we wish we had the opportunity to expand to even more schools and maybe that day will come. But at the moment, we operate in nine of Gwinnett County's elementary schools. Unbelievable. That's that's super beneficial. That's that's great. Let's talk about the early learning uh, program that you, you guys do. We have a lot on this list today, folks. So whether he's a busy man. He's doing a lot of stuff. <laughs> well, I, I have a team uh, that I'm very fortunate <laughs> to be a part of because it could not happen without the team. Yes, indeed. But we do have an early learning focus, and I'm very proud of the work that our early learning team does. Uh, in 2020, it was announced that in Gwinnett County Public Schools that the kindergarten readiness score uh, was not as good as they wanted it to be. In fact, more than 50% of kindergartners in Gwinnett were arriving not really ready for school. Did, were they just like, there's no real preschool program? There's, there's, maybe they were just kind of daycare or maybe just other situations? But well, there's a whole host of wild. reasons for that, yeah. but there are certain expectations when a child arrives in kindergarten, there are certain things that a, that a child should know, you know, basic sure. color recognition, yeah. uh, numbers, uh, things of that nature. And what they were discovering is that more than 50% were not ready. Mm. And uh, this was alarming because we live in the greatest county in the history of the world, but yet 50, more than 50% of our kids are arriving to kindergarten not ready. A child that's not arriving in kindergarten and not ready when they need to be, uh, they run the risk of falling further and further behind. Sure. 
By the time you're in third grade, if you're not reading on grade level, there's a significantly higher percentage chance of you not finishing high school. If you don't finish high school, the likelihood of getting a good job is not all that great for you. And you're probably not going to be a taxpayer supporting things like parks and roads, and you're probably going to need a lot of assistance. So the leaders in Gwinnett County realized this is a problem. Can't stand. we got to do something about it. And so fortunately... Uh, the school system, the board of commissioners, uh, lots of the cities, uh, lots of other private partners said, we gotta, we got to do something. So they did form a group. Uh, that group is called Gwinnett Building Babies Brains, and they do phenomenal work in really promoting the importance of early learning. Mm. Gwinnett County created a group called Building Brains Anywhere to partner with them. And that's one of our, that's our early learning group. So uh, we have that's mobile great. units and educators that actually go out into the community and uh, basically, we're encouraging parents to play and interact with their children. We provide programming in parks. We provide programming in community centers, places of worship, wherever we can go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we just do fun things. Uh, 90% of a child's brain is developed by the time they're five. And so what happens in those first five years of life is so absolutely critical. critical to a student's success, to mm-hmm. a person's success. And so we stress that. Stressing just like building babies' brains does, that a, ch- a parent is a child's first and best teacher uh, because they're they're the first contact that they have. And so we live in a society where a lot of times we think that either the phone or the tablet can basically replace the parent, uh, and and that's not that's not right. Yeah, we need to be communicating with our children. We need to be playing with them. We need to be singing with them. We need to be counting with them. We need to do all of these very simple things, and it changes a child's life. And so our team 100%. does that. We're out in the community just highlighting that, emphasizing that, and then show, showing... Uh, it's really care, educating care the parents, too. Well, it's, it's educating the community. That's exactly right. And how they can uh, actually help educate their child. Yeah, yeah. Because, I, I mean, I think, you know, when we say, well, just give them the tablet or whatever, I mean, like, sometimes, you know, most parents are coming from a good place in their heart. They also obviously don't want to do any harm to their children. They're right. thinking, this thing can do a better job than I can because I don't know what I'm doing. Because when you have a kid, you basically don't know anything. They just give you this thing, and you're like, oh, they let me take this home? Right. You know, what do I do with it now? Uh, so it's good that there's a program where it's like, it's okay to call. It's okay to say, hey, look, we need some assistance. Help little Johnny get up to, you know, reading level or learning his colors. Like, how do I even do that? Um, and so that's great. Simple things. And, you know, like you said, every child wants their parent to succeed, but there is no manual for parenting. No and, manual. Uh, and, uh, and it, no license needed. That's right. You know? No license. <laughs> so having the opportunity to go out in the community, but, but not only uh, our team, but it, it allows the opportunity for other parents to come into contact with parents and they can share and, 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 that's co- great. and share with each other their experiences. Yes. So, uh, so, yeah, that early learning team, they do a phenomenal job. It's fantastic. And uh, we're very proud of the work that they do. As a matter of fact, one of our educators in the early learning team uh, was recently uh, named the most valuable uh, uh, person. The Gwinnett County uh, every year recognizes an employee as the MVP. Okay. And so this past year, uh, this current year, I shouldn't say this past year, but this current year, 
Uh, our Caroline Price, who's one of our early educators, was recognized as Gwinnett County's MVP, MVP. because of the work right. they do in early learning. Wow, so, that's great. There you go. Yeah, super, super awesome. That's that's a great thing. And and then we wanted to to it is summer, so we want to hit on the summer camp uh, en- enrichment program to f- kind of feel how that works. Now, what what kind of summer camps does the county actually work with? Like, oh, what is that? Uh, we have tons of summer programs, summer camp programs uh, throughout the county at multiple locations. And so Parks and Recreation, Health and Human Services in Gwinnett County, and of course, the Environmental and Heritage Center, they all offer camps. Uh, and there are a range of activities and interest areas uh, from ages uh, 5 to 13. Uh, we even offered an uh, early learning camp uh, for three and four-year-olds at one of the Head Start facilities located at One Stop Norcross this past year. So uh, lots of opportunities for enrichment. Uh, And uh, in those camps and our camp programs, no matter where you go, whether it's Rhodes Jordan Park or uh, Best Friend or the Environmental Heritage Center, the kids are all being exposed to uh, different components of curriculum, recreation, health and wellness. There's just all kinds of things that they get to do. Uh, I know at the Environmental and Heritage Center, which is the, the, the camps that I'm most familiar with, they run a gamut from surviving the 1800s, where you get to learn all about life in the 1800s, to a girls in science camp. Where they put your kid in a tent for like 10 weeks and hope <laughs> no, they survive. Not quite like that. It's kind of, <laughs> I kind of uh, reckon it back to like the Oregon Trail. You remember uh, the Oregon Trail? I remember uh, the computer game, the, the computer Oregon game. Tra- well, Trail. Well, this is kind of like you the real life. You have dysentery and have right. died, yes. That's right. It's all the right. real life version of that. <laughs> uh, but uh, there's a girls, we had a girls in science camp. There's a uh, lots of different Lego-themed uh, camps, uh, uh, a Harry Potter-type themed camp. That's very camp. cool. So lots of opportunities for kids to be creative. That's great. But also... Uh, it's it's not it, it's it's fun it's exciting but there's an educational component that they don't even realize because they're having so much fun. That's good yeah. and uh, and that's the kind of thing that happens. Well, play is important. It, yes, it is. It's play extremely is important. super and super important for education. Yeah. And like you were talking about with the with the tablets and the phones and video games and things like that, you don't always. I'm not saying they're all bad, but you know, like you just you learn so much uh, just getting out. And doing things. Well, one of the things they did, uh, they did a theater camp. uh, And so the kids actually uh, put together a play within a week and performed for their parents and their caregivers. But instead of being on a tablet, what they did is they had to make a set Mm -hmm. out of cardboard and they had to create costumes and they had to, you know, do those kinds of hands-on activities uh, that uh, really, really... uh, help spur that creative process. Super important. Super important. So we're very fortunate in Gwinnett that we offer so many different camp programs, uh, and uh, and our team does a phenomenal job. That's awesome. Very, very cool. And and so we've talked a lot about Gwinnett Environmental Heritage Center. You spent quite a bit of time there, didn't you? I did. When you you first started, did you, with the county, is that where you started? I I did. Uh, I uh, was involved there uh, as a as a private business person, before I went to work for the county, okay, uh, the Environmental and Heritage Center, when it first opened, had a foundation. That's right. And I was a part of that and uh, very excited to support it and loved the work that was being done there that I thought, this is, this is where I want to be. I want to mm-hmm. work here. 
And uh, so I, uh, I've, I was there for a long time. And uh, in 2020, right after uh, camp season, uh, we call it our first COVID camp season, right. uh, I uh, uh, was uh, uh, moved to GJAC to kind of help oversee uh, this particular uh, unit. Mm. So I, I'm not at the EHC on a day-to-day basis, but it's still a part of our, 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 our program, and I'm there a good bit. So it is a special place. It's always going to be a special place to me because I spent more than a decade there. Sure. And I'm very proud of the work that the team does there, and uh, it's a family. Uh, it's another family for me, the group that's there, and I'm so proud of the work that we've done. It is a truly unique facility and uh, one that the people of Gwinnett can be very, very proud of. Agreed. And, uh, and I'm certainly proud to be associated with it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, you know, there's just, uh, it, it's always a joy for me when I get to interview or meet somebody that just matches perfectly for their role that they're in. They're not, you know, uh, you could tell you're passionate about uh, history and and bringing that to life. And in this role, it really seems like even back from the days of Environmental Heritage Center to today, like you're just getting to do so much hands on. You know, I can imagine you getting your cup of coffee in the morning and just being like ready to go. <laughs> it is. You know, I, I tell people I'm very fortunate. I, I have I tell people all the time that I have the best job in Gwinnett County. That's it great. is the most fun, and uh, and it is not only fun but it's impactful. Uh, educators and teachers are never going to be wealthy uh, because that's just not the way that works. But the offset to that is, is that you are changing the world. Yes. And uh, the team that we have, I'm just amazed at what they do. Yeah. I mean, a phenomenal group. Well, you know, life's not about how much you make. It's how much of a difference you make. how much of make. a difference. That's, that's exactly right. right. Well, Jason, this is fascinating uh, and just so admire you for all that you uh, and your team have kind of put together and thinking about the county and how to make it better uh, as it grows to enormous, <laughs> enormous size. But thank you so much for coming on the show today, kind of giving us this update. Uh, hopefully, uh, if, you, if you have anybody who's heard anything, summer camps, field trips, educators that you know, uh, share the podcast, share it along uh, to your educator friends. Maybe there's a field trip program or an after school program uh, going on, something they can get involved with. If you want to, uh, you know, just not have your kids sitting around all summer, maybe check out the summer camp programs. Uh, what's the best way that folks can kind of learn more, Jason? Well, I would say our website, uh, GwinnettCounty.com, uh, Department of Community Services, GwinnettCommunityServices.com, B2Anywhere.com. These okay. are all yeah. uh, websites that will directly connect people to uh, information and showcase those opportunities that are available uh, to them. That's great. Well, thank you so much, sir. Well, thank you. I enjoyed spending some time with you today. Yeah, thank this you. Was fun. Good Absolutely. conversation. And that's how the interview went down. To learn more, check out GwinnettCounty.com, and you can subscribe to the Gwinnett Podcast from Gwinnett Magazine by simply clicking the plus sign available in most all players and platforms. Please do that so you never miss an episode, and we'll talk at you again soon. Have a good one.